Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. How you feeling? Honestly, I'm feeling great. <laughs> no, me too. I'm in a good mood. So as you guys know, today we are doing season three, actually episodes four and five, because four was kind of anticlimactic. So we're going to breeze through that quickly and then do a recap of five. But as mentioned on Monday's episode, today, Tuesday, Olivia Jade went on Red Table Talk, spoke out for the first time since the entire college admission scandal. So we wanted to kind of spend the first couple of minutes just talking about that, reacting to it. And First, I'll just say throughout the entire process, I mean, we've spoken at length about the actual case, so you guys know our thoughts on that. But to be totally honest with you guys, it was a painfully underwhelming 30 minutes of television. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not too surprised that it went that way. No, neither am I. I mean, like we were saying on Monday, I think one, we were both more so surprised that she did it at this time. I don't know why, but the arbitrary timeline I had in my mind kind of made me think she would wait till her parents were out. I don't know if there's any legitimacy behind that, but that's what I always thought. But I think the most interesting part about the entire thing came from before she even walked onto set. So I'm just going to read one quote. Jada basically said, we're about to meet with a young lady, Olivia Jade. A lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions about her story. She calls and wanted to come to our table and we all had very different feelings about it. And Adrian, Jada's mom said, You know, I fought it tooth and nail. I just found it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out to for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, white women coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them. It's just bothersome to me on so many levels. Her being here is the epitome of white privilege to me. And Jada basically said, I never want to be the thing that was done to me. Adrian says, it's not our responsibility to raise her consciousness. And this is when Jada says that she feels like it's a practice of compassion and Willow basically said, you know, I understand both of your points. I think that there's a lot of truth to both of them, but kind of we may as well do that. So 
to me, I found that to be the most powerful and most profound statement of the entire 30 minutes because the point that Adrian is making, I mean, at the core of it is very true. And this was on a very, very small scale, a pretty clear representation of that. And I think it absolutely changed the narrative when she announced that it was Olivia who had asked to come on rather than the other way around. Yes. It's not always like that. No, it's not. And But that did make a big difference in the telling of this story. Oh, no, I, I agree. You know, I don't know. Like, what are... What are we going to sit here and do? There wasn't that much. You could probably, if you ne- if you didn't watch this episode and you just guessed how it was going to go down, your guess would probably be accurate because she said all the things you would have expected her to say. And to be honest with you, I felt not that I was looking for them to like obliterate her at all. I mean, I, that's not, I don't think anybody wants that. If there's a difference between accountability and then just like harassment, but it, it could have gone a little bit deeper. It could have gone a little bit more intense. I felt the entire thing to be a little bit surface level. You know, Adrian definitely said some things that I found when she would speak, it was the most dynamic of a conversation. But other than that, it just felt like a very kind of surface level explanation. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anybody left that having a different opinion of Olivia Jade, even positive or negative. I think it probably stayed exactly what you thought of her prior to this recording. Um, the answers she gave were exactly the answers that you would expect her to give. It it sounded very pre-coached and it sounded very trained for her to go on and do this, which makes sense on some level. Um, but yeah, there's really not a ton to say. I, I thought there are certain things they could have dig deeper on her involvement specifically. Um, I don't know if that was a legality reason or, or anything, but I think that was the biggest question that people had or the thing people wanted her to talk about most. And it wasn't really hit on. And I think that's kind of it. Yeah, I wish I could sit here and, and you know have some really interesting discussion on it. But the most interesting discussion is about the actual case and about the privilege there, which we've spoken about at such length. So this is more of a reaction. And what we were saying to each other right after, because we watched it separately, but we were texting right after, and we were like, "Did that suck, or was it just us?" And then we went online, and pretty much everyone was saying the same thing. You know, it was kind of just a whole bunch of nothing. So I don't know. I guess if you're Olivia Jade. It didn't make you look worse. Definitely, in my opinion, didn't make you look better. So maybe it was kind of nothing gained, nothing lost. I do f- definitely feel that um, Jada could have just been, even if she didn't want to go harder on her, she could have just asked some more pointed questions. Like the part about her involvement to me was the thing that everybody was the most interested in because this wasn't like a secret charity donation. Not that that's okay, but there were pictures of her on the rowing machine. You know, she was on some level in on this. And she, it wasn't even, I was going to say she skirted it, but she didn't even really need to skirt it because she was never directly asked that. I don't know if that was a contingency of her coming on, but um, I I appreciated when Adrian went there a little more with, with kind of like the honesty about her feelings on it, basically saying like, this isn't about you. I don't mean to take out all of the injustices in the world out on you. However, I would be lying if I said I can devote that much like energy to this when in the scheme of things, it's so irrelevant. And that I think is the energy that a lot of people have around this. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on that? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Really, really nothing to add. I will just say though, like Adrian, she may have done this already. She needs to sit down and talk about her skincare routine because I would dream to age as gracefully as that woman ages. I know that wasn't the point of the video, obviously, but there were certain points where I caught myself and I was like, oh my God, she's flawless. Anyway, I wish we could 
say some more interesting things, but you guys know. Oh, should I actually, can I add one more point? Yeah, of course. I was, um, I don't know if I was surprised by this. I don't know if maybe they were going to say it with her there, but when, she, when Olivia basically made a point to say like, you know, my parents, uh, served their dues or whatever she said. And I was expecting Adrian or Jada to be like, well, did they, you know, two months and five months, not that we're saying we wanted them to get more is nothing in the scheme of things compared to the types of offenses that people with a lot less money and of different races are getting. So I, I don't know if I expected them to have that conversation in front of her, but I would have thought that it would have been mentioned maybe. Yeah, I thought sentencing disparities would have been brought up at some point, or it would have been a really great thing for Olivia to mention on her own, actually. I guess that also, though, goes to show like it depends who's doing the coaching. You know, it depends how evolved the person who's even doing the coaching is to make that point. Right. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess it'll be an interesting journey to follow. I'm actually kind of a lot less invested than I had anticipated myself to be. Yeah, I feel the same way. Okay. Kardashians? I would love to. Okay. So, like I said, we're going to quickly go through episode four and then just jump right into episode five because nothing really worthy of discussion happened in episode four other than this was when Kim was doing the Pussycat Dolls Vegas show and she's at Robin Anton's house. She's practicing in the bathtub. You guys know the exact scene I'm talking about. And this was maybe one of the first times we were introduced to Kim's lack of rhythm and kind of just fear of dancing in front of a crowd, would you say? Yeah, I couldn't believe that she even did this. And also what's so funny in, in this episode as just like a quick side note is that Chloe makes it a point to say, um, you know, this will be really great for Kim because it'll help her recover from dancing with the stars. And then the next scene, Kim is at Robin's house and she's like, I've never had any formal dance lessons before. And I'm like, Chloe just told everybody that you were on dancing with the stars. I know. I know. I, I, it's just so funny because what this kind of leads us to in terms of a discussion is now we talk about how they are so capable of picking and choosing the opportunities that they want to take, right? Like if there's something that comes across their desk and can be for millions of dollars, you know, we'll happily turn it down. So Kim, anything even remotely to do with dancing, it's a no. Whereas here, she wasn't going to turn down the Pussycat Dolls of Vegas show. It doesn't matter how much she disliked it. And I always find that to be like such a point as to where they are in their careers. Right. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Also, by the way, Robin Anton is incredibly blunt. Very, very blunt. I don't know if you guys know that about Robin Anton. I forgot that about Robin Anton. I mean, she did not hold back, and that was not just for the show. For anybody who doesn't know, she is the founder of the Pussycat Dolls, um, and she has a very lengthy career and is very well connected in the music industry, but she was not fucking around. No, she was not. Anyway, shall we move on to the next episode? I would absolutely love to. <laughs> Why don't we take a little break? We'll come back with episode five. This was a good one, guys. There was a lot of interesting things to discuss. I think the jealousy dynamic that we don't see as much was very prominent here and also a very unevolved Chloe. Very. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Before we actually start, I wanted to just say one thing going off of the Kardashian FaceTime conversation we were having on Monday. So since our episode, James Charles has confirmed that it was Kim's phone that FaceTimed him, and David Dobrik said on his podcast that it was Courtney's phone that FaceTimed him. So I think they both had the same case, and then we can guess that Kylie's phone was the one that FaceTimed Travis, just because I can't imagine anybody else would have Travis's contact the same way that uh, Kylie did for that emoji. So <laughs> for all of you that had burning questions, dying to know, we at least got confirmation on some of them. You know what's so great about that answer? Mm. We both got to be right. Oh, because I said that I think it was Courtney. You said that you thought it was Courtney, and I said that I thought Case was Kim, and we were like going through each one, and you were like, I don't know, it could be Courtney. I was like, I don't know, I really think it's Kim, but it was both. It was. I love when that happens, don't you? It's so rare. It's usually me right. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you get to be right, too. I know, it's, it's fun. Um. Okay, let's get into the episode. How, how do you feel? Wait, hold on. Let me just do a little bit a check on you. How how's your body feeling? Are you ready? Are you, is there anything you want to get off your chest? No, I feel great. Okay. What did you think I was just gonna unload on you right now? I don't know. I was thinking maybe there was something. It's ten oh four. This is like prime time. This is our number one best recording time. I personally think. I'm in like an amazing mood because I have my water cooler. So like I I couldn't possibly be in a bad mood. Yeah, no, you were you don't do well dehydrated. You know that meme that's like or the Snickers, you're not you when you're hungry. That's you, but also you're not you when you're thirsty. I'm not me when I'm hungry or thirsty or tired or slightly inconvenienced. Yeah, I don't who even are you? I don't know why you keep me around. <laughs> anyway, Julie is hydrated, moral of the story, and we are ready to go. So Okay. I want to just first say the main theme of this episode revolves around Kim and her relationship with the siblings as she's rising to fame. However, the subplot here is Caitlin and Chris's relationship, which I cannot fucking believe they were ever married. Like I know I say that a lot, but this episode specifically, I just feel like they were at each other's throats the entire time. My dad used to say that a lot. Watching the show? Yeah. He used to compare it to uh, John and Kate Gosling. First off, Donald's at a left field. That's interesting. Yeah, he he always said that, which is so fucking funny when you really think about it. I guess I kind of see it. I mean, they just they just really they really just at the core of it. I don't think liked each other. Forget about love. I think on a certain level they loved each other, but I don't really think they liked each other. Well, I think as the show went on, they drifted farther and farther apart, and their differences became so much more apparent, and the things that they didn't like in each other were so apparent because 
Caitlyn had to be dragged to all of these things that she didn't want to go to and do all of these events and press and and airtime that she wanted no part of. And with Chris, she was constantly like putting out this show where Caitlyn's negative behavior was portrayed for the rest of the world. And there was a lot of moments as we talk about in these episodes where we're like, that was really cringeworthy to watch Caitlyn do that. And I'm sure even at the time, people were watching that having the same opinion. They just started to grow farther and farther apart. Yeah. And I think that Caitlin also associated a lot of Chris's behavior with like intensified superficiality, you know? Yeah. And also Caitlin was super, super conservative. And I think it's really hard to be, even then, hard to have a platform like this on a show like E! with a family like that and still maintain your conservative values. Oh, especially we're talking in 2009 when Sex has always sold and continues to sell, but sex really sold then. It was like sex sells was kind of what everybody ran with. And Chris was on that bandwagon and Caitlin was not. And it, it just it just was a lot. We'll get into it. But I just wanted to set the scene with telling you guys that. Yes. Anyway, so the first real scene, they're at the house. Caitlin's playing with her helicopters. Courtney's there with Scott. And in her confessional, Courtney is saying that 944, the magazine she was on the cover of, is throwing her a party to honor her first cover. They're all there. They're all getting ready. And, you know, you can just tell how, again, like I said, Chris and Caitlin are not getting along. Basically, Chris is saying, you know, the car is going to pick us up. And Caitlin's like, why do we have to have a car? Let's just drive ourselves. And Chris says, gas is expensive. And Caitlin's like, so are those earrings. You know, just everything. It was every little opportunity to get annoyed at each other they took. Yeah, this episode more than any other one, too. So they get to the event, they're at the red carpet, and in her confessional, Kim is saying that when one of them is doing something that's important, they all go, they all support, and tonight is Courtney's night, which keep that line in the back of your mind as we go through this episode, don't you think? Yes, yes. Just one funny anecdote, it's not really discussion-worthy, but Perez Hilton is there, and he walks over to Chris, and Chris goes, I don't know whether to hug you or kill you, and you can just see, like, it was... They were very much on their rise to fame here, but they were still really figuring out where they stood with the media in terms of how much of it is playful and how much of it are we supposed to be offended by. Like they were struggling with any press is good press versus we are upset about this. Especially that specific press. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, again, Caitlin's upset and and Courtney's in her confessional saying that Caitlin is mellow. She likes to stay home. And Courtney thinks that Chris is really selfish when it comes to Caitlin's needs and wants, which that's a whole other conversation, but it was interesting to hear Courtney kind of set the scene in terms of her mindset on the whole thing. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so next scene, Kim and Chris are at this meeting, and this is when we really get introduced to the plot line of Kim and her business ventures, which you'll see in a minute. But basically, Kim's in her confessional saying that she's been working with New Wave Fragrances for about a year. They're finally getting close to releasing a Kim Kardashian perfume, her first one ever. Two years ago, they trademarked the name Dashing, and it's going to be Dashing by Kim Kardashian. Just keep in mind, as a total side note that we just thought you guys may find interesting, before KKW Fragrances, Kim had created seven different fragrances. So this was her first one, and her last one pre-KKW was in 2014. And do you remember, this is like such a niche thing, but I know some of you listening will remember this. I don't remember exactly the one she did. Maybe it was Kim Kardashian Love. I don't remember it. But for so many years, Kylie was obsessed with it. It was the only perfume that Kylie would wear. And even when she was doing her house tour on her app 
anytime she would get to that perfume, she'd be like, I swear to you, this is not a promotional thing. Kim's original perfume is the same one that I use now. That's so funny. I do vaguely remember, but I can't remember which one it was. If I looked at it, I would find it. I just didn't know that I was going to say that until right now or I would have put it in. <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny because I feel like a lot of times we think that and we don't think it's true. You know, they they start to capitalize on these things because they know they can make money from it, right? But fragrances is really something that Kim has been doing for a while. It was one of her first and she's nowhere near Paris Hilton. I mean, Paris Hilton has made a ridiculous amount of money in perfume. Kim it's not her first rodeo. KKW is definitely not her first rodeo with perfume. She has way more experience with it than any of the sisters. Right. You know what else is a really funny thing to keep in mind as this episode progresses? They end up not calling the perfume dashing. It's just Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I guess Courtney and, and Chloe got their way. I don't know if it got her way or if when it was in production, somebody was like, I actually hate that name and they changed it. But it's just a funny thing to keep in mind throughout this episode. Absolutely. You guys will see this. I don't know. We'll talk about it in a second, but Chloe and Courtney were really going at it. Yeah. Anyway, so next scene, we're back in the Calabasas house and Caitlin is drinking a smoothie out of the blender in the living room. And Chris says, I feel like you're always slurping. Caitlin goes, please, Chris, just don't criticize. Chris says, please, can I talk to you about one thing? Caitlin says, what? And Chris is basically saying that she feels bad because every time Caitlin goes out with her and with the kids or just her, Caitlin's always bored. And in her confessional, Caitlin is saying, you know, sometimes it just drives me crazy. So often it's not her coming over to me in my life. It's me going over into her life. And Chris says, I just want you to have a good time. And Caitlin says, but I want to have a good time doing what I want to do, not what you drag me to do. Which, like I said, it's not that this is an atypical marriage problem. I think you see this a lot of times with couples that have different interests. It's a thing. However, it was able to work for a long time when Chris's schedule wasn't the way that it was. They could kind of just glide a little more. But now that they're going to so many more events and it's becoming such a huge part of their life, I think Caitlin has this mindset of like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, good for you, but I don't know why I have to be additionally dragged into this. I also think they've gotten so much worse at communicating with each other because it would be such a normal and understandable thing for Caitlin to just be like, hey, I'm going to sit this one out. Why don't you go without me? But I'll be home. Like, or I'm going to go. Why don't we take two separate cars? I just want to go to support Courtney and then I'll leave early. Like, there was no common ground or no compromising with the two of them. They just both wanted it one way or the other or their way or the highway. And it gets like frustrating to watch two people when you can so easily solve a problem that makes them both happy. Exactly. But I mean, that's a trend we see a lot in this show, just in general and reality television. But specifically with Caitlin and Chris, I don't think that it was just because of the show. Of course, it was magnified and things were dramatized for the show. But I mean, they're divorced now for a lot of reasons, clearly. But I do think a fundamental inability to effectively communicate definitely contributed to the downfall. Absolutely. And by the way, if my mom walked into our living room and my dad was drinking a smoothie straight from the blender in the living room, they would have gotten divorced right then and there. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I think my mom was rolling in her grave when she saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad, the thing is my dad would just know not to even remotely attempt that. Right. <laughs> like yeah. most dads do. Yeah. Okay. So next scene, Courtney and Chris are at Smooch and Chris is telling Courtney about the fight with Caitlin. And Chris is just frustrated. She's, you know, telling Courtney, I'm just over her being so bored and miserable every time she goes out with us. And Courtney's kind of defending Caitlin, saying she doesn't want to have to go, saying that, you know, Caitlin is, she doesn't want to be going to clubs. And Chris is saying that all Caitlin wants to do is play with hel helicopters. Quote, 
this is again a quote. This is why I'm saying man, not woman. Quote, I'm married to a 60-year-old man that wants to play with his toys. And Courtney says, again, quote, okay, and he's married to a 50-something-year-old woman who wants to go to events and clubs. And Courtney basically just suggests that maybe Chris has tried doing some things that Caitlin likes. And if Caitlin sees her making that effort, maybe it'll be reciprocated. Great point, Courtney. Do you have any thoughts on Courtney being, I'm not going to call it the voice of reason, but do you have any thoughts on Courtney kind of uh, advocating for Caitlin here? I appreciated her role in this. I thought that she was right in what she was expressing to Chris. I do think that sometimes when Courtney does this, it's more about not wanting to take Chris's side than it is about taking Caitlin's side. I was I was hoping you would say that. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. So next scene, they're at the perfumery, which by the way, I've never been to one of these. I've never been involved in the process of making a perfume, but it just feels really fun. You know why I can't go to one of these? Do you have allergies? I do have allergies. It's not why. It's because every time I'm high, I think about how our smells created and it I like can't move on from it. So if I walked into a perfumery with them showing me all of these smells, like how the fuck did you replicate the smell of a strawberry? I mean, I don't know, but it makes no sense to me. So they're there, and basically, from their conversation, the woman who runs the perfumery pulled together different scents that she thought Kim would love. And they're really excited. They finally figure out this one. They pop champagne. They're celebrating. And, you know, it wasn't really so much about the perfume as much as it was for me, at least. I can't help but watch this scene without thinking, here we are, 11 years later, Kim has a very successful, I'm not going to call it a perfume empire, but perfume portfolio. And this was the start of it. Like there's so many times where you're watching the show and you're like, holy shit, this was technically the start of her run in with the beauty world or this was their start of X. And it's just cool. I also think taking that one step further, I think this was the first thing that they did that somebody was buying just because their name was on it. And that's a big deal. Yeah. And you're really kind of witnessing the trajectory of that specifically in this episode because of the dynamics that go on. But yeah, I, I just I always think about how many people have gotten so successful, right? Not just in this field, in so many different fields. And how much do you think they wish they had on video, on such like lengthy video, their first experience in that in that field? And they don't. And the Kardashians, as much as I'm sure in a lot of ways the show was an inconvenience and it has been, but it was their greatest gift, not only financially, but also think about the memories they're gonna be able to show their children. That is that's irreplaceable. Oh yeah. There's really, there's no, there's no comparing it to anything else. There's nothing that they could have or accomplish without having had the show first. Yeah. Nothing. And I don't think that they forget that. No, I don't think so either, which is why the show actually went on as long as it did. Yeah. Okay. This next scene is really good. Let's take a little break and we'll come back. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but 
When you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so this is when the shit really hits the fan. Chris walks into Dash, Courtney and Chloe are there, and she's very excited telling them that she just finished closing a perfume deal for Kim. They don't really seem that interested, and Chloe asks her the name, and Chris says it's going to be Dashing by Kim Kardashian. And Chloe goes, excuse me, you don't think it contradicts itself having our store being called Dash, and we were supposed to have a perfume called Dash together? And Chris says, we thought the first fragrance that Kim came out with would be Dashing, and then the second fragrance with you girls, we've already discussed it with everybody. It's going to be Dash with the three sisters. And Chloe says, how the hell does that make any sense? Dashing and then Dash? Seriously. And in her confessional, Chloe says, my sisters and I have always said we were going to do a clothing line together, a perfume line together, a makeup line, everything that has to do with something that we could incorporate into our stores. And Chris says, I think when you have a chance to hear our reasoning and what we have for the whole big picture, and in her confessional, Courtney says, how do they go years and not mention the perfume deal? Like, that's just shady. And basically, Courtney is saying to Chris, you know, when we hang up the phone at the store, every time Lily says, have a dashing day. And Chloe goes, well, we're going to need a commission because this is our name as a trio. Chris says, now you're gone too far. You're not getting commissioned on Kim's fragrance deal. Chloe says, well, are you? Chris says, of course I am. I'm her manager. And Chloe says, this is how it was supposed to be done from day one, the three of us. And now you come in the picture and go ahead and get her her own deal first. And then it's the three of us. Fuck that shit. Who the fuck is going to want a secondhand perfume? Chris says, I disagree. And I'm usually right with these feelings. She says, no, you're not. Chris says, yes, I am. Chloe says, I will sue the shit out of you. She goes, are you insane? And then Chloe gets up and storms out. Why don't you give your first reaction? Then I'll go. Um, I think this was obviously so much more about jealousy than it was anything else. And they were able to grasp that the first logical thing that they could be mad about without having to be mad at the fact that it was really just the situation more than anything else. Because if we're being honest, like, it makes perfect sense for Kim to do a fragrance called Dashing and then the follow-up to be one with her sisters called Dash. That is extremely logical to me. And I also think that the way it was portrayed to them obviously could have been better, but it's not like Kim didn't emphasize the point that she wanted her sisters to be in a perfume deal as well. Like It's not like she was trying to leave them behind. She acknowledged that this was something that you know, they all wanted to do together. And even though it wasn't happening immediately right now, down the road, she still wanted to leave room for that to happen. Yeah, it was it was just a failure in the way that Chris communicated it because you're yeah. at any sort of foresight and not like tunnel vision would have realized, wow, this is the best thing to do right now. Kim is the one that sells the most things. Have her get her foot in the fragrance world and then we can kind of go from there. But you see that a lot with Chloe early on. She she didn't really have that big picture attitude that she's grown to have now. Yeah, she she has a temper and the first thing that kind of sets her off, she she just snaps. Like the whole thing is, honestly, how was Chris supposed to know what plans you had for your perfume? Obviously, Kim should have been the one to tell them knowing that you know, they had already made plans together. It was something that they had talked about for years and years. And Kim going ahead and doing that should have been the one to sit them down and be like, listen, I know we've spoken about this before. I know this is something that we want to do. 
mom got me this deal. It's a really great opportunity. And in the contract for the fragrance, it says that, you know, depending on sales of this one, we will come out with another and that one will be the three of us and we'll call that one dash. That would have been a different conversation, but it's not Chris's fault that that conversation didn't go down that way. No, I agree. And I think the other thing that was going on here, which we see happen in the next scene, but like, yes, it was exciting for Kim and it was exciting for their brand in general, but Chris was also excited. Like, it's not like she has closed so many deals like this. You know, this was a retail deal. And you find this a lot in the earlier seasons. She's going to that, her girls for a sense of validation and they just really don't give it to her. And I know, you know, everybody has a different relationship with their parent, but it's frustrating as a viewer because, like, you just want them to be happy for her because she was so excited. Exactly. I do, I do agree with that. This next scene is a good one, too. It's Chris, Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. They're at lunch. And basically, Kim is saying in her confessional that, It escalated and she feels like they just need to sit down and talk it out. So Chris starts out and she goes, what's the drama about using the name Dashing? And Chloe says, because Courtney and I work every single day at the store and we let Kim take the credit, talk in all the articles about Dash. Everyone thinks Dash is only hers. Chris says, I think you have to stay united and realize that anything that either one of you does builds the whole Kardashian brand. That is a very important line, by the way. Very important. Yes. And in her confessional, Kim is saying, My sister just need to really understand that I have to do this perfume on my own, and then it'll lead to a perfume with the three of us. And Kim's trying to explain to them, you know, we're working in this perfume deal about doing a second perfume that's a dash perfume for the store. And Chloe says, I don't want your charity work. And Chris says, there's no charity work. This is a long-term plan. And Kim says, Dash could not get a perfume without me doing my deal first, and that's what you have to realize. Chloe says, that's not true. If they want you, they want you. Courtney says, do you want us to ride on your coattails? Chris is like, we've worked too hard for you two to kind of like begrudge what we're doing. And Courtney goes, get over yourself. And Chris gets up to leave. And Courtney goes, obviously you leave and you don't want to hear what we have to say. And in her confessional, Courtney says, my mom and Kim are like the dynamic duo when they get together and they always leave Chloe and I out of the equation. So Chris and Kim both leave and there's so much to talk about here. Why don't you go first? Okay. I have a bunch of things. The first is Chris's line about building the Kardashians brand coupled with Kim trying to desperately explain to them that this is a long-term plan as a viewer is so frustrating because I was really bringing myself back to 2009 and I love Courtney and Chloe now. Did I like Chloe then? Like she was so unlikable in some of these episodes because you just wanted to shake her and be like, put your own stuff aside for one second and think big picture. And she had an inability to, which is obviously based on a lot of other insecurities and jealousy. And I get it, but It was very frustrating to watch. That was the first thing. And the second thing is, it's not just about business. It's about the closeness of Kim and Chris's relationship and how business just kind of amplifies that. And I think that's something that Courtney and Chloe get frustrated by at sometimes specifically Courtney and at sometimes specifically Chloe for different reasons. Absolutely. Going back to the first point, Chloe was always during these seasons, especially the funny, crazy one. So you were always rooting for her because she was so much fun to watch, but she had these moments where you were like, she's so overly aggressive and just doesn't get it where you kind of want to shake her. But it wasn't because you didn't like her. I think it was actually because you liked her so much that if she could just grasp these other areas of life, it would be easier for her and more beneficial for her. I also think that she was a lot younger at the time. There's a three, four-year age gap, which doesn't seem like that much. But, you know, comparatively, it really was a lot at the time. And I think her age shows in a lot of ways. And 
yeah, I just think that she, you know, because this wasn't the area that she wanted to go into and she was kind of in it because Kim was in it in terms of fame, she didn't know the space as well as Kim did, obviously. And a lot of the first couple of seasons were her really adjusting to that. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about the age thing. We always forget that now because once you get into your late 30s, I think it's all kind of the same. But in your 20s, it does it does make a difference. And I just it was like it's crazy because you when you watch the older seasons now and something really big happens, even the Tristan thing, whatever it is, and Chloe always talks about, you know, I've worked so hard to get to this place where I handle things differently. And if you have never watched the Kardashians from the beginning, one, you either think she's full of shit, or two, you just think she's saying the line that everybody who's been to at least one meeting with a life coach says. But when you watch it contrasted with these episodes, you're like, holy shit, Chloe went through another life because this woman and the woman now are two completely different people. Of course, at the core of it, they have a lot of similarities, but she really has worked through dealing with her anger in a way where it's only doing herself a dis- like a service now. It was only doing herself a disservice at this time to be so resentful and to be so bitter, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I think more than anything else, she had to get to a place where she was happy and comfortable with herself in order to get rid of that rage because so much of it came from insecurity and comparing herself to specifically Kim, but also Courtney. And there's a lot that went along with that. And I think that the the first couple of seasons of the show, especially pre-Lamar, was her really struggling with that, but not wanting to admit it. And it just manifested itself in a way that was just sheer anger at times when it could have been so differently handled. Wait, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Did you see Judd Apatow's tweet? Kim wrote, this is 40, and Judd quote tweeted and wrote, I don't remember this part of the movie. Just now he did that? Um, 840, it's fucking funny. Can I send it to you? I think this could be a post. Yeah, of course. Because obviously he directed this is 40. Yeah, I'm familiar with Judd Apatow's work. <laughs> just just making sure. And Seth Rogen liked it. What, should we keep it? No, we shouldn't keep it like No. What should the caption be like? Like an like out uh what's what do they call it? Bloopers, outtakes, uh Okay, I'm posting. Okay. We can decide if we want to keep some of this in. Probably not, but yeah. I think it's fun sometimes. If we end up wait, a little note to our audience. If we end up keeping any of this in, I just want you to know I always fight harder to keep in more behind the scenes and Julie always thinks it's gonna be boring to you guys, which she's right for some of it, but I would have kept in more of that Matthew McConaughey formatting because I know to us it's so boring, but like I would want to know the behind the scenes of a social media account that I followed. I think it's fun. You're really putting me on blast here, huh? <laughs> well, I just want them to know that if they wanted more, it's not this is not a me thing, and I feel like I have to let put that out in the world. I, okay, fine. If you guys want it, we'll keep it in. I'm not going to fight what you guys want. I just like can't imagine anybody caring about our behind-the-scenes decision-making process. Obviously, me as a human being, as like Emma Diamond, I'm like, who the fuck would care what we do? However, we get so many emails and messages of people being like, would love to know more about the behind-the-scenes, like you know, stuff like that. So I figure if we have, we can cut out most of the bullshit, but if we want to keep in like 45 seconds, people can fast-forward if they hate it, but some people probably do care, you know? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't mean to raise my voice. I love you. <laughs> Are we in a fight? <laughs> no, we're never in a fight. <laughs> okay, I don't know what we're going to cut in, what we're going to keep. We'll see how this one goes. I'll do a clean cut in case we want to cut the entire thing, but just in case not, um, there you have it, guys. I don't know. It's fun. It's, I'm having such a good time. I feel like the Kardashian bonus show, it's like only the people that are like the real kind of, not necessarily OGs, but they really care. So I feel a little bit safer here, you know? 
I feel that way too, definitely. Like somebody could be scrolling through our stories and just randomly swipe up on an ASAP Rocky Rihanna uh, audiogram and like totally introduced to the brand. They've never listened to the podcast before. Obviously, we always want each episode to be better than the next just in general. But like, I feel like here is a much more safer space. I do feel safer here. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So next scene, um, really quickly, Chris basically goes to the park to fly helicopters with Caitlin. Anything you want to add there? No. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I just ask, how were they ever married? I I really don't know. Because Chris and Robert had so many more similarities in terms of their interests. Like, not Caitlin was a very wealthy person on her own. She had a very successful career, totally different than Robert, but still very successful. Yet, she didn't appreciate glamour in the way that Robert did. And I think that Chris was drawn to Robert's appreciation of glamour and appreciation to like more of the types of luxuries that she did. Whereas Caitlin's luxuries and the things she wanted to spend her money on are like a really nice dirt bike or a really nice drone that Chris had no interest in at the time. Yeah, definitely, definitely correct. So let's take a little break and then we will come back with the last few scenes. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. So next scene, we're at Courtney and Chloe's townhouse. Scott's there. And Courtney is basically saying, you know, we haven't even told Scott about the Kim perfume ordeal. She couldn't get into it. And Courtney says, I can't believe Kim thinks that's okay. Chloe says, screw Kim. I can't believe mom thinks it's okay. And Chloe's basically imitating how Chris came into Dash telling them. Scott's like, you guys have to do something. And so Courtney and Chloe were saying that they kind of joked about suing her, but they're obviously not going to sue their own sister. And Scott is like, well, why don't you just kind of pretend to sue her? So Scott calls, disguising his voice. And so funny. He's like, Yes, hi, is this Kim Kardashian? She's like, Yes, is this she? And he's like, I'm calling from the law firm Goldstein and Fuller on behalf of Chloe and Courtney. And they're dying because it's so clearly Scott's voice, but Kim is kind of believing it. They're really impressed with Scott. This was kind of, you know, I think our first introduction to the Todd's Crane's voice or a lot of Scott's other prank calling voices, would you say? Uh, uh, Scott should have auditioned for SNL. I know he can't do any actual impersonations, but he could have made up all his own. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. There's a lot of things he should have done. Anyway, they're both really impressed. Immediately after they hang up, Chris calls Courtney and she's livid. She's like, you want to tell me what's going on? And they're like, what are you talking about? And Chris is like, I just got a call from Kim who said she got a call from an attorney saying they're going to sue. You better explain this right now. 
And Chloe's like, it was a joke. Oh my God. Scott gets on the phone and uh, they're just, it, it was just one of the a very classic kind of Kardashian scene where Scott, Scott's presence adds to this certain element of levity that would have been lacking without. Every scene Scott is in is just better. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah. With the exception of his drunken ears. Well, yes. With the, although the show really took on a life of its own during those years. No, it is. But like when you go back and you look at those times, like no, no person that watches the show, no matter how much you like Scott or no matter how much you dislike Scott, enjoys watching him shoving a hundred dollar bill in a waiter's mouth. Like that will always be cringeworthy to watch. Oh, no. That was, yeah. It's hard to move past that, but somehow we have, which is remarkable. Yeah. So next scene, we're back at the Calabasas house and Chris goes into Kylie's room. Kylie's on her laptop and Chris is asking Kylie how her day at school was. And Kylie goes, good, hectic. Chris goes, hectic. Kylie goes, what does that mean? (laughs) It's like, you just said it. (laughs) And she used it in perfect context too. And then Chris explains it to her and she's like, it means like crazy or really busy. And Kylie's like, oh yeah, hectic. She's so funny. She's such a character. It's really fun to watch her in these, in these early days. Yeah, very much so. She's around 11 or 12 here. And basically, earlier in this day, Chris had went on this motorbike ride with Caitlin. It was kind of a disaster. And Chris is just saying to Kylie, you know, I was trying to bond with your dad, but I it was kind of a disaster. And that's why I know to come to you when I need a little silliness. And Chris is also telling Kylie that she doesn't think Caitlin thinks that Chris can do the things that Caitlin likes to do. And Kylie goes, father likes motorcycles, motorcycle plus hot mama plus dad equals chemistry. And uh, Chris is saying, you know, Kylie has a good point because when they were first married, Caitlin bought her a Harley and they used to have so much fun with it. And this is such a stupid scene, but one, Chris going to Kylie in this moment and also Kylie's just like enthusiasm. She was such a character from such a young age. I I like loved the scene. I just watched love watching them young and Kylie just coming out of left field like with the idea to save the whole day was just so good for me. I know. And the other thing is I don't think Kylie lost her personality, but I do think that you know, you go through phases when you're growing up because at a certain point at a young age you're not thinking of your surroundings in terms of like how you look compared to the rest of your friends. And so once she got to that age where she started to have insecurities about her lips and about some other things that she's been vocal about, like her personality didn't fully change, but it shifted a little. And that was sad because you were witnessing like this really lively girl who was full of life and so bubbly and just said whatever come to, came to her mind kind of become a little bit more subdued. And so the innocence of her here was just fun to witness before she had any of the cares about the way society viewed her. Oh, but that then that happens to all of us. And it's funny because if Kylie were to look back on this, I don't think she would be like, oh, I was so cute and like bubbly. I think she'd be like, oh my God, I was such like an annoying kid. Like the same way we would all look back on ourselves at 11 years old. Whereas like anybody else, like if you watched the video of me at 11, you'd be like, oh my God, you were so cute. I can't believe I get to see this. Whereas I'd be like, oh my God, this is mortifying. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that's very much of a... Uh- just a th- part about growing up. But I'm just saying like, it's so rare now. Actually, it's impossible now. We don't ever see Kylie do anything without a care in the world. You know, she, when she's doing something, it's very calculated because she knows that the entire world is watching. And one, the entire world wasn't watching here. And two, even if they were, she wouldn't have known it. So it's just a fun thing to go back in time about. Also, sometimes it does seem like she does things without a care in the world, but in a very different way. Oh yeah. Well, just in a very tone deaf, out of touch way, not in a very like, Fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. Why? Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, we're in the home stretch here. So Kim walks into Dash and she's asking the girls at the register if they want to see her new perfume bottle. And Kim basically says, if Courtney and Chloe think that pranking me is funny, then two can play this game. So she kind of puts the testers out for the customers to try. Courtney and Chloe come in and they are not down with that at all. They're kind of just fighting. And Kim says, we're not triplets. We're not joined at the hip. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. You guys are not businesswomen. You don't know anything about business. Chloe says, why are you in business with us then? And Kim says, you know what? You're right. I'm going to talk to mom and our attorneys and get out of our partnership because there's no reason that the three of us have to be in business together. And Kim storms out, which again, watching this in retrospect, you want to shake Courtney and Chloe and be like, you have no idea, but you recognize that it didn't matter because they ended up going into business with her. But like, I would imagine as Chloe or Courtney watching this back, it's cringeworthy because Kim and Chris were just so unbelievably right. Right. Although Kim storming out saying she's going to dissolve their partnership agreement is cracking me up because of the dramatics. The dramatics and also just clearly that did not happen. Also, when you really think about it, though, they are lucky the way things went for them, not just in terms of their brand and their business, but just in terms of being sisters and being able to maintain their relationship throughout all of this. Because not that they've had so many fights where you could be like, this is relationship ending, but family and business do not always mix well together. And it's really a miracle that they were able to stay so, so, so close throughout this. Oh, beyond so. But I think that that is a testament to Chris. I think I agree. All and all of them would say the same thing. And you even saw it in this scene, which we're about to get into. You know, Chris is not down for that. And she recognized that at a very early stage that the business was important, but the business would never exist if the relationships weren't so foundational. And she drilled that point in and to a point where that same idea will then be drilled into their children. You know, if Penelope and North ever go into business together, I think it will be the same type of situation. Like, I really think that is something she has been so excellent in passing down. I was just about to say, I don't even know if you're going to get this. I was just about to say, like, ah, oh, if Todd and Jeff Yanni had Chris Jenner as a mom, none of this would have ever happened. But then I realized that is not a universal thing at all. Are you talking you about the mom? It's not like. The bar mitzvah and the camp DJ, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, that's not a universal thing, but there is definitely somebody listening in their car that will get it. I know. Anyway, so next scene, basically, Chris is just saying that the perfume battle has gotten out of hand, and she decided to bring the girls together to have a meeting face to face. Courtney and Chloe didn't know Kim was coming. Kim didn't know they're coming. They're in this private room. Kim walks in last. Nobody's talking. And basically, Chris kind of starts to get emotional and she starts to cry. And she's like, I do so much in a day. I can hardly keep up with myself. And I just want you guys to be proud of me. And this was genuine. This was not bullshit. She really was saying that. And Kim was like, Mom, we are so proud of you. And Chris says, I just don't feel like you are. Every time I try to do something, I feel like one of you is getting mad at me. And Chloe says, no, I'm not mad at you. And she starts to say, you know, I feel like you're a mom that's doing it all. But she looks over and she sees Courtney crying and they're shocked, all of them, myself too. And Chloe's like, are you crying? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And in her confessional, Courtney says, I really do appreciate my mom. And whenever I see her cry, it just makes me sad. And they're all kind of getting emotional because I think once they saw this wasn't like a petty thing and there was actual emotion behind it, Courtney kind of says to them, you know, listen, from our perspective, me and Chloe just felt like it was never properly explained to us. And if you guys came to us and explained it, rather than mom coming into the store, kind of screaming and cheering about it, we would have been more receptive, but that was the first we were hearing about it. 
which Kim agreed that that, you know, kind of can make sense. And Chris says, I won't let that happen again. I'm going to keep you guys in the loop. I feel really bad. And in her confessional, Kim says, I really don't think this fight was about perfume. I think this fight was about the connection that my sisters and I have. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I admit that I might've reacted a little too quickly to Kim's perfume deal, but I do know that Kim and my mom have my best interest at heart. All is well that ends well, huh, kid? Yeah, but this wasn't a bullshit one. Like this was an actual, in my opinion, an actual real scene that like was so important because Chris needed to say this. Like it, what Courtney and Chloe constantly do in these earlier seasons is they lack that like inherent empathy and compassion and emotional intelligence for Chris that Kim just has. Yeah. Maybe Kylie, some could argue Kylie has too. So it's frustrating. And I like when this happens because they actually get it. Like, not that I like to see Chris cry, but you could tell like something shifted for them. Right. Something shifted for Courtney. And then when something shifted in Courtney, it then like, you know, snapped Chloe into place. But yeah, I do agree with you. I think this was like a very legitimate, I think it was a legitimate fight. And I think it was a legitimate ending of the fight. Yeah. I love this. Um, last scene, they're back at the house and basically. Chris calls Caitlin and she says, meet me at Mulholland. I'm going to take you to that spot we love. So they, Chris, Caitlin meets her and Chris is driving Caitlin around on this motorcycle. I, there's no way this was actually her. It had to have been a stunt double, no? Yeah, I thought so too, but you never know. There's no fucking way. <laughs> but it was a fun, they kind of drove off into the sunset and as you say, very full house, all's well at ends all. This was a good episode. I loved it. I love this one too. Yeah. I really like that we freed ourselves of having to like recap an episode if it sucked. Like, okay, we can do two at once. It's amazing when we once we decided that. Yeah, because you guys would have heard a really long rant from me about how much I hated the eye surgery, and no one wanted that. No, see, I'm we're we're effectively saving the audience. I would say it, uh, everything's for you guys. It has nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you want to mention about anything in general? No, I think that's it. I think so too. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you as always for listening. Um, Isabel and I will see you on Friday for Bravo. I physically can't wait. And I think that's it. Julie and I will then see you again on Monday. We are so lucky. So grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, love you guys. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Naughty Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join. Same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.